Welcome to the Agent Success Podcast, where we talk about how to grow, prosper, and innovate in your real estate business. Learn how to find your ideal client, generate leads, and convert more sales from other agents in the business. My name is Brooke. I'm your host, and I hope you gain a ton of value from today's episode. Let's go. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Agent Success Podcast. Today with me, I have Chris Marchesio. He is our very first agent that joined the House Connection Brokerage. He specializes in working with out-of-state investors. He is very, very passionate about real estate investing, and that's going to be what we deep dive into today. I hope you gain a lot of value from today's episode, and without further ado, let's go. What do you think it takes to be a successful real estate agent? I mean, the biggest thing for me is just persistence and organization and just the drive to do something greater with yourself. What do you mean by like persistence and organization? Can you give me some examples? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nothing seems to work in real estate unless you have proven systems to implement in your business. Yeah. And as far as being persistent, persistent I mean you know that it kind of speaks for itself but you got to be able to make cold calls day in day out and just keep pounding the pavement and getting stuff done even when you feel like you don't want to okay yeah totally so staying organized having systems having like a method to your madness exactly and then also being willing to do hard things and hustle I mean especially early on in your career before you gain any traction and you know for the first couple few years of your career as a real estate agent you're typically hustling nonstop, and you have to be persistent or else you won't get consistent paychecks really 100 percent. you know i mean you got to put in the work to uh, reap, reap the rewards for sure yeah okay cool would you mind sharing with everybody what inspired you to pursue a career in real estate The biggest thing that got me into real estate was I was living in Colorado at the time, and when I would come back here to, you know, Clarksville slash Nashville, I would just see it growing and growing just constantly, and uh, I had a couple of friends that were in it. You know, uh, one of my buddies does short-term rentals, Airbnbs, and he was making like $50,000 a month, and... (laughs) Like, I mean, obviously, you know, I didn't realize how much work was going into it, but sure. I mean, $50,000 a month is $50,000 a month. Yeah. And, uh, you know, ultimately the bigger why is really just, I want to be able to provide for my family on my terms yeah. and still be able to spend time with them. You know, you don't get that with a nine to five. You have to punch in, punch out. You have 30 minutes for a lunch break. And that's, that's just not me. I want more than that. Yeah, definitely. There's a, there's a lot to pack unpack there. I was thinking as you were speaking. So like first for somebody who doesn't know you, uh I think it's important to mention that you're from Clarksville. Mm-hmm. You were born here, raised here, and then you went off to Colorado for a bit and while you were in Colorado, you would either hear about it or you'd travel back and see it with your own eyes like the growth that was happening here. Absolutely, because I mean, when I when I graduated high school, Middle Tennessee was still relatively small. Yeah, you know, um, 
I always make a joke that like the Nashville skyline has like completely changed yeah. since uh, since I left and went to Colorado. When I come back, there's like 12 more skyscrapers up. I know. And like right now, there's like so many cranes mm-hmm. and so many things happening. I know it, it truly is such a great place. I know in the past decade, it's exploded. So so you also mentioned that you had a friend it sounds like this was somebody that you like knew personally that got into the airbnb space yeah yeah he's an investor you know and uh, i think he just really saw the potential and he was doing a lot of arbitrage in the beginning which you know that's not buying real estate but they didn't have a whole lot of rules in nashville at the time and it was do you want to explain what that means yeah yeah so arbitrage is essentially in a nutshell where you lease a property and then you furnish it out of your po- out of your own pocket mm-hmm. and then you sublease it through Airbnb or maybe midterm rentals to traveling nurses anything like that and right. then, and then you pull profits from it Right. So it's like having an Airbnb, but without owning the property. Exactly. And in the beginning, when this became popular, like people realized they could do it. There wasn't a lot of regulations. A lot of landlords didn't even know that this is what these people were doing with these leases. (laughs) But since then, it's become much more apparent and there is a lot more regulations, but it's still very possible if you're open with the landlord and they're agreeing to that. So but you had exposure to something Mm-hmm. that piqued your interest through a friend oh absolutely you know because I mean I've, al- I've always been in sales um, with a little bit of construction you know here and there obviously that's that's kind of my my thing yeah but um, you know sales in general I've been doing it for a long time and uh, when you're not running your own business like it's a real grind I mean you know when I sold cars I was six days a week 12 to 14 hours a day and I just don't want that is selling cars similar to selling houses at all? I mean, kind of, you know. Selling anything is pretty similar to selling anything, if that <laughs> makes sense. You yeah. Know, you, you got your client, and really you're just trying to sell yourself, you know, Yeah. is the biggest thing. I mean, obviously there's a product that you have, and you want to make sure that you get the right product for them. But, in a, you know, in essence, I think sales is all the same. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. When you were selling cars, had you ever thought at that time, like, I could be selling houses and making more money? Or was this, like, later on that you realized that? No, not at all. So um, I was actually just talking with my fiancé about this yesterday. Yeah. I think the first time I got approached to do real estate, I was 19 years old. Wow. And I didn't actually start doing it until I was 29. (laughs) Who approached you? Oh, I don't even remember. You know, I think it was just somebody from maybe a big brokerage, like... I honestly don't really remember, but they were like, you should be a real estate agent. And I was like, I don't know, you know, because <laughs> I, I knew that um, in general, real estate agents only sold like a few houses a year, or at least that was my thought process at right. the time, you know, and I was just thinking, well, I can sell three cars a day, mm. you know. Did you do well doing that? Yeah, yeah, I did pretty well. I mean, obviously, you know, it's got ebbs and flows like everything else. I mean, there's a month where I would sell like eight cars, but then there's months where I would sell 20 plus. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't know anything about that, but that's interesting. Um, Cool. So when did you actually decide to get your real estate license then? Um, I knew that I wanted to do it in 2020. 
like early 2020 and I was planning on doing it but you know me and my now fiance we had our our son on the way and then COVID happened and I don't with the world just shutting down like it just kind of went and paused you know sure and uh then I just felt like I was kind of like scrambling you know trying to take care of my family and running around doing this and that and so I didn't actually get my real estate license till the beginning of 2022 Mm. yeah okay so now you're licensed and what does the early stages of your career look like yeah so um I started out at a wholesaling company. Uh, Can you talk about that a little bit? I think someone might find that interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So I was at a brokerage where they just did wholesaling. And for people that might not know what wholesaling is, essentially it is where you go out and acquire a property that is more than likely distressed and you put it under contract for X amount and then you tack on an assignment fee normally ten fifteen thousand dollars and then you find a buyer for the property and then basically you facilitate the whole thing at title and just take your funds at closing right so you get a property under contract from Mm -hmm. somebody who's more than likely in some sort of a distressed situation the property is distressed they're willing to take like some sort of a discount for the property because of maybe time or they don't have finances to fix it up whatever it is you get a property under contract And then you're able to then advertise the property to like a list of your buyers, like investors that you know that might be willing to buy the property. And you're able to actually collect a fee from facilitating the transaction, finding the house and then selling it to the end buyer. So that's where you make your money. Yep. I mean, I love wholesaling and, you know, believe it or not, you don't actually need a real estate license to do it, you know, so uh, it's pretty interesting. But I was at a licensed brokerage that did it. Yeah. And uh, I was there for a couple of months, and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say anything bad. They're great people. I still buy houses from them, you know. Yeah. But it just didn't make sense to me to do a lot of the legwork and take 12% off of the assignment fee because, of course, everything gets divvied out, you know. Um, what were some valuable skills that you learned there, though, while you were at that brokerage? I know it didn't end up working out, but, like, you that was your very first brokerage, so you must have, like, built some sort of a foundation there with some skills. Absolutely. I mean, first off, I made a couple of great relationships. You know, I still talk to these people this day. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing that I learned there was just kind of, like, the channels that you can navigate in real estate. You know, because like I said, I already had a little bit of a construction background, so I kind of took that with me when looking at houses and stuff. But just like the channels and the creative ways that you can get stuff done with real estate investments is probably the biggest thing that I took away from there. That's amazing. Yeah, because you're so passionate about real estate investing, and we kind of breezed over that. I haven't dove into that yet. Yeah. We'll get into that. But it's that's like investing and being an agent they're different and the same and Mm -hmm. so you really even furthermore explored your passion for real estate investing that's obviously why you ended up there at that brokerage because you knew I'd imagine right yeah I mean just to be clear like I um never got my real estate license to be a traditional agent right I have no interest in it you know I thought maybe I'd try it out and of course I'll never like turn down friends and family that want me to help them find something because I can do it but, like, I'm, you know, 
I'm here for the flips and the buy and holds and you're passionate about it. Yeah. You love to serve those clients. Mm-hmm. And we're definitely going to dive into that. Um, so how long were you at that first brokerage? Oh, like two months. Not long yeah. at all. Yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't there very long. So. so you felt really quickly like you learned that the, this just isn't for me. It doesn't make sense, basically. Yeah, I really wanted to get in on like the entirety of the process because, I mean, being in dispositions, they, they didn't need anybody in acquisitions at the time. Um, being in dispositions, you know, you're just you're looking for a buyer, you know, which is, I mean, great. That's part of the process. I still do it. Um, but I wanted to see the whole project through. Yeah. So I decided to, you know, bow out. And essentially, I just started reaching out to investors and just seeing you know, people that were out of state that couldn't really be hands on here. And just seeing, you know, if they could use somebody with my skills to get some property here. You So after two months, you went to a new brokerage. Were they like investor friendly, too? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they're kind of just like an all-around brokerage. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that they're investor-based, but they're very entrepreneur-like. Yeah. So it was, you know, you pay a minimal desk fee and you keep 100% of your commission. Um, there's no quotas. There, there, none of that traditional stuff that you see at a lot of these brokerages. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just kind of like free to explore my own thing and see what I could get done. Okay, so yeah, I just wanted to touch on that, like what that transition looked mm-hmm. like. But then you go ahead and you're, you're, you've thought to yourself, I could probably add a lot of value to an investor that's not local. So you started to reach out to those people. How did you find them? Um, just a lot of like reverse searching. So for people that don't know what reverse searching is, I would find properties on the MLS that have been sold and I would pull tax data from them and basically analyze it and see these LLCs and these companies that are buying property that are based out of other states. And then I would find the registered agent on that and then essentially skip trace their number and reach out, send emails and just blast them until they, they called me back or they answered the phone. That's crazy. Like, yeah. that is such a hidden gem. Like, you just spit some game because it's like you had to do a lot of due diligence and you were thinking outside the box Mm -hmm. you like researched llc's that were buying properties you basically found your ideal client you then researched where these llc's registered who's the registered agent you reached out to them like that's a lot of work oh yeah yeah i mean hours yeah hours you know and and you know it's stressful at the same time like i said i'm still trying to make ends meet right just like over here in my head like i'm spending (laughs) 14 hours a day trying to find these people you yeah know? and uh but you know it paid off I found a really big client you know I'm sure we'll get into that here in a few yeah let's talk about it it paid off so yeah. then what happened yeah so I uh, linked up with this uh big flipping company out of California and they were interested in the Nashville market and essentially I became acquisitions for them at first and I basically just went on a tear and what I mean by that is like they told me what they wanted and I found tons of property and this was also early 2021 when like our market was just crazy exploding right? oh, it was just exploding so yeah I bought like 10 properties in 30 days <laughs> yeah I just bought tons of them and you know and 
then. I These are like big players. Yeah, yeah, millions and millions of dollars. They were ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it was really cool, and, you know, um, I was grateful to have that relationship with them, and, um, you know, I helped them with a bunch of the flips. I got a little bit more hands-on with project management and eventually became their listing agent, too, so I was kind of doing it all like I really wanted to. Yeah, you know? that's amazing. You found the properties, then you helped them with project management, and you listed it on the mm -hmm. back end. This was like you gained so much experience from this relationship and you they would have never found you. You would have never found them. Hadn't you have done all that work to exactly. make that connection? Yeah. Do you remember how many times you like reached out to them to like before they responded or kind of what that looked like? So they were actually pretty responsive. Yeah. Yeah. But we had like three conversations before um, they decided to bring me on. But they were they were very responsive. That's awesome. Yeah. So th <laughs> they, they were definitely interested in getting in the game here and. Even though I don't do a whole lot with them anymore, yeah, um, they're, they're still out here, you know, yeah. doing their thing. So, For sure, yeah, it's okay. You guys split up or like went different ways. You kind of outgrew that situation. Like you're on a yeah. different path now, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you gained so much experience working with them. Exactly. You know, it, it's just leveling up. Like, and I think the owner of that company, you know. I thanked him for, for giving me that chance and helping me kind of learn the ins and outs. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, I was still new. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd, I'd been yeah. in real estate for like 10 months, you right. know. Uh, I really leaned on my uh, construction experience there and, you know, took my sales tips and just kind of implemented that. But there's so much more to real estate than that, you know. So I was grateful to learn that kind of stuff from them and uh, just move forward to eventually just doing it for myself. Yeah. And I mean, needless to say, like your ideal client, um, that's part of your agent success plan. Like your ideal client is still out of state investors. Yeah, absolutely. So I still help them out. You know, um, it's just I basically was I was 1099 with this company. Right. So like pay scale was a little bit different. Like I wasn't really like leveraging it the way I could when I'm reaching out directly to to people that are not on such a huge scale well yeah you guys had like a different agreement yeah exactly so it wasn't like a typical commission split it was yeah. a different agreement it's like we'll keep you busy but we'll pay you less right <laughs> you know <laughs> right which is like an obvious reason why you ended up leaving yeah. granted that's still your ideal client and even more like your construction background and then the experience that you got project managing and like helping them with their flips that became part of the inspiration for why you developed the products that you did for your three uniques for your clients now. Absolutely, yeah, because, I mean, um, I kind of had, like, my checklist, and we'll go more into that in a little bit, I'm sure, but I kind of had a checklist, but it wasn't really, like, fine-tuned and laid out it, like it is now. Um, so it was definitely helpful for me to think back on what I did with them and say, oh, man, I really need to improve this because this is where I was lacking. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we can dive into that. So let's talk about the three uniques. So like I just said, Chris's ideal client is a out-of-state investor. He's extremely passionate about investing himself, but also serving those people still. That's where he thrives, so that's why he picked that client. Then when he sat down, you know, part of the agent success plan is to pick three uniques three unique services or products that you can offer to your ideal client so that you can be the best person to serve them. 
when Chris sat down and decided what he was going to pick, he tapped into that experience that he had before and he decided to come up with these products that I'd love for you to share with us. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my products are an 18 point checklist and essentially, you know, it goes over every inch of the house. You know, uh, every every investor that I work with will get this on every property that I look at for them. And I, I mean, it goes from everywhere from the foundation all the way to the fixtures, you know, and, and we look over everything and really take a deep dive to, you know, further see what we need to get done. And it allows me to get a bigger picture of the, the project so we don't really have any unexpected expenses which was some stuff that was happening mm. prior. You sure. Know? So I was like, I need to I need to organize this. You know, like I said, systems, right? Yeah. I need to organize it, lay it out, and then just think, um, you know, when you're at a showing or something for, a, for an as-is property, like people might not know this, but it goes quick. Mm-hmm. You got to look at the house, put your numbers together, and make a bid within like 30 minutes sometimes. Yeah. So... So you're providing them this checklist before they buy the house. It's like when you, as their agent, is going to the property, you're mm-hmm. providing them with this 18-point checklist. Exactly, yeah. So and, and that just helps me basically streamline everything better, and it provides the client with a better picture of exactly what, we're need to, what we need to get done. That way they don't feel like they're in the dark. It's like a detailed analysis. So instead of you just like going to the property and then like calling them in the car on the way home, you like have the system, this product in place mm-hmm. to quickly place all that information into like basically package it up with a bow and then give it to them and say, this is what we're looking at. Exactly. Which you not only inspect the property, but you also then come up with an estimate on the rehab as far as what that's going to need. Mm-hmm. And now they're able to quickly analyze it to make their offer and see what their best offer is. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's detailed down to the dollar on how much I think it's going to cost to get this house to the top of the market. That's such a good product for an out-of-state investor because <laughs> yeah. like you said if you're looking at a house that's as is whether it's on market or off market whatever it is it's like those who are going quick a lot of people have their eyes on those so mm-hmm. it's like how can I confidently let you know that I think this is the best that you should pay this is what it's going to sell for this is how much it's going to cost to fix it up and you're doing all this extra work and you're really really serving your client so that first one is that 18 point checklist and then rehab budgets combined into that right yeah yeah so, so what's your second unique? So my second unique is that I will provide project management services for you as well. Um, so basically, these out-of-state investors, uh, some of them, I mean, they like to be a little bit more involved, but they don't want to be calling contractors that they can't see, having 10 phone calls a day with each contractor trying to figure out how to get this done. Yeah. So I offer project management for that. So essentially all you have to do is sign paperwork at the beginning. And then once I list it for you, you collect your check at the end, you know? Yeah. So you make it streamlined. Mm-hmm. It's like hands off for them. So now not only have you done all this due diligence to help them make a confident offer on a property that they're not even going to see. And another thing just really quick with that checklist is like a lot of the times or a good amount of the time, you don't get to do an actual home inspection on these properties. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, you can put an inspection clause in something, but 
most likely they're going to turn the offer down because they know that they can just accept another offer that hasn't put an inspection clause in there. Because they're hot properties. Like exactly. there's a ton, there's lack of investment opportunities mm-hmm. in this hot market. Like, yeah, it's, it's hard to find homes it right It can now. be, yeah. yeah. So it's like if a property is on someone's site, it's like not going to just be on yours. It's like there's multiple people looking at it. So if you really want to have a competitive advantage, it's like having something like that where you're not getting a full home inspection, but you're getting a good idea laying eyes on the property. And that's great because if you're out of state, you can't go do that yourself. You can't go run to the property and see before you put an offer. And so now you have boots on the ground to help you do that. Exactly. And and some of the investors, they call it an inspection and just full disclosure, I am not <laughs> a licensed home inspector. So it's it's not an inspection, but it's very, very, um, it's very similar to it. Yeah. I mean, know? it's detailed. You'll yeah. take pictures. You'll exactly. let them know if something's like glaringly, you know, an issue. And yeah, pictures, videos, all that good stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then what about the third one? Um, my third one is, so I've implemented essentially a calculator and what it does is i've added in like uh percentages and stuff for holding costs closing costs and essentially moved it over with a project tracker john had had a lot to do with that (laughs) but you know but i kind of fine-tuned it to where it helps my investors a little bit more and then essentially it helps us just run the numbers really quickly, but then I can also just save it to a PDF and then send it right over to them. That way they see their full amount of profit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. It's an excellent third product. It's like you can really see how all these three things are going to serve them, and it's amazing that you and John were able to collaborate on mm-hmm. that and provide them with such an amazing streamlined uh, product. I mean, it really is so well fitting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I, you know, I couldn't have done it without them. So, but that, it's really helped me too. It's almost like a product to myself yeah. because, um, I mean, I'm pretty good with math, but just like doing stuff on the calculator, you know, it, it makes it easy. Yeah, exactly. You just plug it in, and it's mm-hmm. like already formulated. It like takes the, and if you just use that and you rinse and repeat it, it's like all the running numbers become so much more simple. Uh, so much more simple yeah 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 well and I had like a different idea for it you know um like I was just gonna basically show like what kind of profit we could get off of it but the way that he had set it up basically he like subtracted all the numbers yeah so it goes ahead and just shows you the The true profit exactly well and what you're allowed to like offer on on it yeah you know like your max allowable offer John's really good at all that stuff (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it was pretty awesome. That's awesome. So I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. I like to ask this question because I think it's just fascinating to see what y'all will say. But if you could give yourself as a brand new agent advice, knowing what you know now, Mm -hmm. what would you say to yourself? If you're really comfortable enough and your finances just go ahead and quit your other job oh my gosh yeah that's something huge that we didn't even talk about yeah yeah because I had a second job for like the better part of a year when I was doing this and uh there's honestly like times I probably should have just went ahead and quit and like went ahead and just went full force into this and I'd be doing so much better already um but I didn't you know so I was I was I was kind of part-time part-time you know I still did plenty of work in real estate but I was definitely hung up on some other stuff and it also affected you know quality of life at home which is the whole reason why I even got into real estate the first place 
So, um, yeah, if you're a brand new agent and you got some money saved up, just just quit whatever you're doing and go full force into it. That's really, really good. That's a great point. I wasn't expecting you to say that. Yeah. It's so, like, scary. I know John and I talked about that a little bit on the first episode. And, you know, John and I both, um, he transitioned out of the Army. I quit my job. I had been in nursing school and then quit my job. And it's like we went all in. And I do believe that going all in allowed us to gain traction much quicker because, you know, they say you either have time or you have money to put Mm -hmm. towards your business. And, of course, the combination of the two is fantastic. And so... It's like if you don't have time and you don't have money, it's really hard to gain any traction or go anywhere. But it's so scary to quit your job and go full time into real estate because now, especially as a new agent, you're relying on your ability to be successful or successfully complete some transactions and you don't have the experience or the confidence to do that. So how do you take that leap then? Yeah, I mean, you know you have to be sold on yourself. You know, we call it going in or betting on yourself, right? I mean, if you don't feel confident that you're going to be successful in real estate, then actually you shouldn't quit your job (laughs) because you're going to doubt yourself the whole time, you know. But I decided, like, you know, I've done all kinds of sales. I've done all kinds of jobs. Like, it's time to make this work and create passive income and wealth for my family. And I'm not going to fail at it. Yeah. So that's kind of what gave me the, you know, the courage. I was going to say the guts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The courage, the guts, you know, because I didn't feel that way in the beginning. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's something so magical about it. I mean, mindset is everything when it comes to success in real estate or in anything in life. It's like. You have to believe that you can. And if you're riddled with self-doubt, it's going to be really hard for you to accomplish anything. But once you do have belief in yourself, that is like one of the biggest pieces to the puzzle. With belief in an action, you can't not succeed. You won't. If you have a vision as far as where you want to go, you have belief in yourself that you can get there and you're taking action. It is truly the recipe for success. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's the triple threat. Like you're, you're not going to fail at that point. Yeah. I, I, I just don't see it, you know? So you said in the beginning, you didn't have that though. You just said that, yeah. but then you feel like you developed it. So how? percent. Yeah. No, I just grew my mindset over it. And I think a lot of it had to do with just being in a new space. Right. And, uh, if I wouldn't have had my fiance and my son, I might have been went about it completely different, right? But I have a family to take care of. We have another one on the way. So, like, I had to obviously weigh those risks, you know? Yeah. And for the longest time, I was just like, I don't know, you know? Cause, and even though I was, like, flipping a ton of properties, um, you know, we had a little issue with the market last year and then a lot of the properties sat for a little bit longer and it kind of uh shook me up you know but and then you lost faith a yeah little bit, yeah I, I lost faith a little bit you yeah. know but I mean I just had to get myself back into that mindset and knowing that a lot of the stuff anything I've ever took on I've I feel like I've done it pretty well right so why would this be any different And then once I felt comfortable enough, like, I was like, okay, I got some money in the bank. We had a big closing, you know, where I ended up 
uh, facilitating the deal and getting both sides. I was just like, all right, I'm done. I'm not <laughs> doing this other job anymore. And You were able to go all in. Mm-hmm. I just quit the next day. So, like, family was a big thing for me, too, when I went all in. It was like I was having my son, and uh, I really – it put, like, a fire under me. It was mm-hmm. like there was a ton of urgency to succeed and to – it was like do or die, or it felt like it was. And so you also mentioned that you – the market shook you and I think a lot of people that became agents like in the middle of that or you know experienced some success in the middle of that when it all changed here recently it was like it would shake a lot of people there was also a lot of things that people didn't learn that applied to like a quote-unquote normal market versus what it looked like when that was all happening yeah like how to like prepare for that kind of stuff and I, I finally realize it now but like what we were experiencing last year when I got into it, that was not normal no. at all. This Mm-mm. is normal. Right. Know? So we have to learn how to adapt and deal with that. And I had never, you know, to the day I hadn't seen anything like that yet. So I was moving at a different speed because everything else was. You had to. Yeah. But there's a diff- there's an opportunity in every market. And I think that that's important to mention. You made me think of this is that... Some people would get really discouraged. It sounded like you did for like a second, but mm-hmm. then you kind of pulled it together. And yeah, you're like, yeah, absolutely. But there's an opportunity in any market. Mm-hmm. You just have to ask yourself, what is it? Like, what is currently going on in the market? What does my client need now? Like, what's stopping them from being able to do what they need to do? If you're focused on an ideal client, then that is easy to answer because you're literally just looking at them and that situation and what is it that I could do to make their life easier. But, you know, and for your client right now, it's probably deals. It's probably properties because those are a good either cash flowing deal or something with a a good spread on it is really hard to come by. Exactly. You know, and we had this talk not too long ago. So uh, for a while I was really looking for more investors. You know, I wanted to find more investors so we could, we could find more deals and then you and me talk, you know, we sat down and talked about it mm-hmm. and you were like, why don't you just get the deal? Yeah. So now I'm going to be focusing a lot more on wholesaling in the near future, getting, a, you know, as many properties as I can. And then the buyers, I just feel like will flock. Yeah. So. I mean, if you have a good deal, there are so many investors. It's so easy at that point to... Uh, it's much easier to have more deals than investors than it is to have more investors than deals. I mean, you're going to be able to do more business if you're providing the valuable resource, Mm -hmm. which is the deal. Exactly. That's awesome. So I'm excited for it, but it's going to be great. I wanted to ask you, what lessons did you learn from some of your past struggles as an agent? I think the biggest one is just to be adaptable. Hmm. Like, that's actually one of my biggest points on, like, real estate in general. Like, you always have to be ready to adapt because I've seen markets shift, you know, up and down, like, in in days, you know. And uh, obviously, like I said before, I had a bunch of flips that I was working on, and then they all came to list around the same time, and then everybody got scared. So there was no buyers buying them, and, like... It, it was an, honestly like a nightmare for me for like yeah. a month there. Like right. I was so stressed out about it. 
That was like the um, end of last summer. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, just being adaptable and learning when to be adaptable, right? So, like, I pay so much more attention to, like, everything that's going on in the market now, or at least my my part of the market, you yeah. know? Um, that way I'm not just, like, looking blindly at stuff. Winging it? Yeah, winging it. <laughs> Try to make an educated <laughs> yeah. guess instead yeah, of a blind exactly. guess? Exactly, yeah. No, I, analytics is everything, you know? Like, um, if you feel like you've looked over it enough, look at it just one more time. Mm, that's good advice. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think that we uh, covered a lot of great stuff. I'm curious if if there is, if there's not, then that's okay. Is there anything or any last piece of advice or any last words of wisdom that you might want to leave with anybody that's listening? Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of like I just said, I really, really believe in real estate. So if you're an agent out there and you are struggling and, you know, you haven't found your niche or you just you know, you're not seeing the results yet, but you're putting in the work, like, you're just three feet from gold, right? You know, think and grow rich. You're three feet from gold, I'm telling you. You're, you're going to get it as long as you have the processes and you're implementing them and you're working hard and you're staying consistent. And if you haven't figured out your niche or you're having trouble with all that, then you need to come join our brokerage <laughs> because we handle that here. If anybody is curious about like real estate investing or wholesaling, is it okay if they reach out to you? Yeah, a hundred percent. My Facebook is Chris Marquisio, Mister Sight Unseen. Um, my Instagram is Mister Sight Unseen. That's Sight S I G H T, and that's pretty much like all my socials. So yeah, I love that. And like, quick little plug on that social handle and on your brand, you named yourself Mr. Sight Unseen, yeah. which we didn't even talk about. But <laughs> it's so good because it's like your ideal client is an out-of-state investor. You provide them with the resources by being Mr. Sight Unseen, all the things that they need to buy a property out of state. Exactly. Like most of my investors, they're they're buying these sight unseen in their eyes because they're not you know, they're not actually looking at them. Of course, yeah. But of course, I'm doing all the all the work for them. That's so. awesome. Well, thank you, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you.